I Say is Skater Boy Fancast. I'm Sopper Kojas. And I'm May, and you know what? I'm in kind of a bad mood today, so you don't get a fun last name goof. I feel like you could have turned that into one. I thought we no. were going for something there. Oh, no, no you're just... taking it from you. I know that the listeners really look forward to it, and I'm <laughs> taking out my anger on them, so you don't get one. Do not take out your anger on our 10 <laughs> listeners, who we still don't know who they are, despite the fact that I know you're all still listening because I can see the view counts go, or the listen counts go up, but y'all are fucking responding to, I even made it easier for you guys, because I know we didn't have, like, an email that you could, like, send to us, and also, I don't know, maybe you have reached out to us on social media and I just haven't seen it because, uh, you know, that's how life works, I don't check that shit, and also, I'm a bad <laughs> podcast co-host, it's fine, but... I've made it so much easier because I have now put a link for where you are able to send us a voice message. It's in the description of this episode and the past couple of episodes. You can send us a voice message telling us who you are. I think you'll remain anonymous. I actually don't know how it works because I've never used it because none of you have sent me a voice message yet. <laughs> I love how unappealing you made that sound somehow. You said, I'm going to make this easy for you, you idiots, because you can't do anything. <laughs> I'm not, That's I can't not promise I that I'm going to be able to keep you anonymous. And if you have a busted weird voice, we're going to listen to it. <laughs> but we're not going to post it. No one else will know you have a busted weird voice. Just us. And they can be our little secret. I'm concerned though that all of our listeners are like, elderly men and therefore oh. that's why they don't want us to know who they are that wouldn't bother me but nice. also why would you be listening to my voice when you could just like follow me on instagram like that doesn't make sense well they could you don't know they don't though i know who follows me on instagram i know no elderly know white man listens to us right but i'm saying why would you listen why why would you as an elderly man what okay. value would you be getting listening to my voice <laughs> Okay. I'm taking copious notes. I'll try to figure it out later. <laughs> this will be exactly like what I did in, in 1L. Take copious notes and try to figure it out later. You make law school sound so unappealing, and yet you try to get me to go. I haven't tried to get you to go to law school in an extremely long time. And also in my defense, you said, I think I might take the LSAT for fun. Like, how is that me <laughs> making you go to law school? Make it make that sense. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Anyway, today we are discussing the anatomy of a comeback. Here's the thing, gang. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know music. I don't know anything. I'm just a silly little girl with no thoughts in her head who sits <laughs> in her apartment and thinks about cats. Um, completely <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So um, mainly this idea was that Avril's new album, Love Sucks, has come out. We've obviously discussed it. Hopefully you all have listened to it. If not, I don't understand, but that's fine. If you just listen to this podcast because May and I are delightful and you mm. don't actually care about Avril Lavigne, that's fine. I get that's it. That's actually great because then <laughs> nothing that we say will make you mad. Yes. Like when we say that Skater Boy is a bad song, which we've said a lot, and like we don't even agree with it, but we do say it a lot. I mean, it's not a good song. It's such a good song, though. Like, you See, always a... use a different metric for good, and it's very hard to <laughs> I know, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. My roommate, who does work in music, was like, no, it is a good song. And I was like, how is it good? How, how is it a good song? And she was like, well, it's catchy. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, I guess if that's your only metric, then it's the best song in the entire world. But, like, I don't <laughs> think that's what good means. I don't know. Basically, May is saying this, though, because we did see a Reddit review of our podcast mm -hmm. where the 
person said that we said that the song was bad and they immediately stopped listening, which is valid, but also made me sad. Um, And we're never going to get Avril on our podcast when we've said, one, that Skater Boy is a bad song, and two, that she might not know how to read. So we've really shot ourselves in the foot here, but we did it for you, our 10 listeners. Yeah. This was for your entertainment. I think saying a song you like is bad is really funny. You know, so I won't take it back. Like, I've never said I didn't like the song. I love the song. The song's great. Yes, that's such a good point. We never said we didn't like it. If anything, we've said we love it. No, I'm really worried, Sabra, that we've said we we don't like it. Like, I have, I can't say with 100% certainty that we've never on this podcast said we didn't like the song. So I don't want to put all my, I don't want to say, see, we proved you wrong. We've never said we didn't like it. And then listen to episode one later today and go, <laughs> damn it. We did actually say that four separate times in this episode. <laughs> I don't think we did. That's really valid. Um, I think it's funny there. We've talked about the podcast just between us and one of the co-hosts is Gabby Dunn. And Gabby Dunn will, has said many times that anything that they've said in the past, like, could be wildly untrue five minutes later. Like they could yes. have a very specific and strong opinion about something and five minutes later feel the exact opposite. And that's us with Skater Boy. It is. Um, well, I also think that it, it's impossible not to get that way when you dissect a song to such an extreme degree and the song is just a regular pop song. <laughs> you versus know? like what? Well, like maybe if it were, you know, part of an opera or something like that, it would be reasonable to go on such a deep dive and try to figure out all the deep meaning in it because there is deep meaning. I mean... There isn't deep meaning with Skater Boy and I think Avril would agree with me. I don't know, man. Maybe it's all a metaphor. We don't fucking know. My brain hurts thinking about, like, (laughs) I know, honestly, I'm not gonna lie to y'all, most of the reason we stopped talking about Skater Boy specifically is because we just ran out of things to talk about. And a lot of the reason is also, though, that it just makes my brain hurt. Like, yeah. I just, I don't know anymore. It's like a math problem for a calculus class I never took. Like, yeah. if it's if, if you put calculus in front of me right now, I never even took it in the first place. Like, it would just, ugh, I can't do it. Yeah. But also, I think that's because it's not meant to be analyzed at the deep level that we have attempted to analyze it. Is anything, is anything meant to be that analyzed? No, but some things could hold up to it. You know what I mean? My brain during therapy. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Love Sucks was Avril's comeback album. It's been a couple of years since she made an album. She had kind of fallen off. People didn't really think about her or talk about her, except in the context of her older stuff, like Skater Boy and Complicated. And then she comes out with this album and all of a sudden she is a household name again. Everybody loves her, which they should and never should have stopped, but yes. here we are that's the fact of the matter. And this isn't her first attempt at a comeback, or so at least May has claimed, Mm -hmm. claiming that Head Above Water, her album prior to Love Sucks, was also a comeback album. I understand what May is saying when she has said this, not necessarily to you all, but to me when we (laughs) decided to make this an episode, but I disagree. I think Head Above Water is not a comeback album. I think it was catharsis and nothing else. So I would like to hear your take sure. before I get so, into mine. My first take is that with one caveat, Head Above Water is Avril's greatest song. I don't like, personally, I don't like religion. I'm not a religious person. I take issue with 
many elements of organized religion but I understand that it is important to Avril and I very much understand where she was coming from in writing the song and the song having this religious element where she is asking God to keep her head above water because of her Lyme disease I totally get it I think if it didn't have that religious aspect I would say this is honestly one of my all-time favorite songs in the whole world it is like it's crazy like you want to like cry listening to it and also like it's 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 an anthem and her voice sounds incredible and it's just like it's it's insane I don't even have words like it's such a good song minus the religion aspect but I understand it nonetheless <laughs> that is obviously like it's about Lyme disease we know it's about that she said it's about that it just feels like this release that's why you feel like you want to cry when you listen to it um that is what a catharsis is and a lot of the other songs in this album also feel like that they all kind of have this like anthemic tone going on and they all very similarly feel like this kind of release and I think my other hot take is I know some of the songs are about relationships but I do think that more of the songs than we think are are about Lyme disease mm. and so I feel like she has said that she wrote most of this album while she was like sitting on a couch because she couldn't really get up because of the Lyme disease and I think that this was her way of like dealing with having this illness that almost killed her and I don't think it was meant to to bring her back into society I think it was just meant to be and she said it's her most personal album and that's why honestly I think I like this album the best out of all her stuff because it everything feels like it is about something even if I don't know what it's about I'm like I know you're writing this from a real lived experience which we don't get in most of her stuff and I like it so I do I think we've said maybe that we didn't like Head Above Water in some other episodes and like there's definitely some songs where I'm maybe not as big of a fan or if I don't listen to the album start to finish I'm kind of like eh but I think as a whole I think it's her greatest album. I think it's a really good album. I also think it's interesting how the ballads on Head Above Water are incredible. Mm -hmm. Like they're so, they're so good. good. But the ballads on Love Sucks aren't good. That's it's true. interesting how that because happens. Because the ballads on Head Above Water are about real things and the ballads on Love Sucks are like, wh what? Like, so, like, what's the song? Um, what's the ballad on Love Sucks? Avalanche. <laughs> no, that one I think could make sense. No, what's the other one? Oh, uh, wait. Oh, the it. one where she's like asking someone to love her. I'm like. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't like that one. Ugh. Like, we, you probably weren't even with Monson at the time yet. Like, you're just saying this. Oh, Dare to know. Love Me. Dare to Love Me. Dare to Love Me, yes. I don't think it's a bad song. I don't want to get too down on it because I think the thing I don't like about it is that I don't like that, like, I'm unlovable thing. I mean, I get it. You don't because you're married. No, but, like, I think I it's get silly it. <laughs> when people are like, I'm, I don't know, like, a really long time ago. I, we might cut this because this is a stupid okay. story. But a really long time ago, there was a guy I knew vaguely who was a complete jerk. I mean, really a bad guy. And he was dating my friend and then they broke up and it was horrible. And then I was like kind of friends with some of his friends. So we were at, I was like not even that old. Uh, so this is dumber because we were all youths. And uh -huh. he was like talking and he said something really like rude or something. And I was joking with him and joking with his friends. And I was like, oh my God, you're being such a monster right now. 
And he apparently later had like a freak out where he was like, I can't believe she said the word that I find so triggering because maybe I am a monster. And he said this whole stupid thing. And I was like, you're not the Incredible Hulk, my dog. Like, that's so embarrassing. (laughs) You're a a teenage boy, so you're annoying. And you're kind of a jerk. Or he was in his early 20s, I think. But I always Uh, think I was going to say, as a teenager, I think things are a little bit more triggering than they are as an adult because you just can't laugh about it yet. Because, like, I know people used to, like, make fun of, like, specifically boys would make fun of my voice when I was younger. And that would be so triggering to me. And I would get so upset about it. And now I'm like, yeah, I sound like a fucking valley girl. What (laughs) you going to do about it, bitch? Um, but also like I say all the time that I'm unlovable but that's because I am so it's really just like an observation rather than uh, (laughs) but thinking about this he was like two years older than me so I guess he would have probably been like a senior in college at the time oh no then no excuse don't be a silly goose (laughs) I I think it's like silly goose energy sorry about it like it makes (laughs) it makes it's like the thing that I said and I think this was one of my most true things I've ever said on this podcast and I don't know that I expanded on it enough that that some of the songs on love sucks have Harley Quinn energy yeah I mean that in the like Jared letter Jared Leto Joker like yeah you are being a real goofball right now way yeah where it's like this isn't like edgy or scary this is like you're being a silly goose. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that's a good way of describing it. I've never heard you say the phrase silly goose before. <laughs> you've said it like four times and I'm upset that you've never said it prior to this. I'm kind of, I feel like that that hits the nail on the head with what I'm trying to express much better than like, you're being dumb would. Remember that time on the podcast you said you wake up every day trying to make Skater Boy uh <laughs> what is the line uh trying to make skater boy more obvious yeah i can't believe you forgot the line and like in that episode you didn't do that (laughs) um i wake up every day trying to have more silly goose energy (laughs) i literally had i literally said to someone today that i had gone to like my five-year high school reunion because i thought it was dumb that it was happening and that was funny to me that's silly goose energy and i do genuinely (laughs) seek out silly goose energy that's why we do this podcast this whole podcast is (laughs) but you know what's funny though you're saying silly goose energy complimentary and specifically here i mean silly goose energy derogatory both exist spectrum of silly goose energy. yes but like you go to your high school reunion and i'm like oh what a silly goose and then jared leto acts the fool when he's playing the joker and i shake my head and say you're being a real silly goose right i think i think when noah tried to ghost me one time that was derogatory silly yes. goose <laughs> we have figured out a new system of viewing the world in this moment my life is genuinely changed <laughs> It's for the better. Oh my it God. is. That's so Oof, great. Okay. So let me make my argument as to why this is a comeback. Uh, okay. Head Above Water was a comeback album. So did you know that Lauren Christie was one of the main writers on it? I did know that. Or I knew she yeah. wrote at least one song. I didn't necessarily realize She's she credited on multiple. a lot of these tracks. And it okay. was also um, another person who worked on it a lot was Chad Kruger. Made that relationship R.I.P. 
Right, that's, here's something I'm like kind of confused about. First of all, I think this album is actually really solid evidence for our theory that like Avril's life has so much more going on about it than we will ever know. Yeah. Because remember the time we did the relationship ep episode and we looked up her relationship history and after her second divorce, it kind of just like falls off and there's like nothing until Maud's son. Mm -hmm. So in that is would lead us to believe maybe that she had been single that whole time or a couple dates here and there, but nothing serious, nothing you could go public with. That's not true because on this album, she has the song, I fell in love with the devil. I thought at first, maybe this was about Lyme disease too. I could see how that could work. But no, she says in an interview that it is about a to very toxic relationship that she was in. Um, she says it was pretty short lived, but she also says, and I think this is a wild statement. He asked me to marry him. They always do. <gasps> That's so powerful. Right? Oh my god, doesn't she sound right? like an ancient witch? That's I like, love it. That's like icon energy right there. That's insane. Like, I read that and I was like, oh my god. My brain exploded. Um, wow. Yeah, that's like, she like is powerful. Every man wants to marry her? Yes, that's a magical thing to say. And I mean that in an evil way. Like, magical evil. <laughs> That is what it but I love like. it. Magical evil complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is the opposite of silly goose energy. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, we're redefining how we interact with the universe. I feel like yes. we're making a new D&D &D alignment chart. Where it's, yeah. like, it's no longer chaotic, neutral, blah, blah, blah. It's like silly goose, good. <laughs> silly yeah. goose evil. Magical evil. <laughs> I'm going to put this I, together. Put it yes, in the show Yes, you have to now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We'll tweet it. We'll tweet it. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that's all to say, though, that there's so much more to Avril's life than we will ever know about mm -hmm. because she simply won't tell us. And that's also powerful. Like, I disagree with it. I, I prefer when I know everything about somebody, including celebrities. But I mm -hmm. think when you are a celebrity and therefore your life is so much harder to keep private, it's incredibly powerful that we know nothing about her. Yeah, it's great stuff. I also think it's interesting, though, I don't know where we're going with this episode, but I just had another thought. The second song in the album is called Birdie, and it's about being feeling locked up in a cage and uh, wanting to break free. And it's so wild because the genius notes for this song say the song revolves around the idea of being manipulated in a relationship. In a tweet, Avril revealed that the song was about a relationship where she felt like being locked up in a cage. That is not at all what she said. She ha says nothing about this being like a real in about a relationship. For all we know, this is also about Lyme disease because all right. she said was this was written from a place of not allowing something to hold you back from your full potential. It's about breaking free and loving yourself enough to allow yourself to fly, finding the confidence and the strength to escape and grow. When does she ever, she is so like purposely vague about that. And then the genius article is like, yeah, it's about a relationship. Right. I'm like, what? If it was about a relationship, I think she would have just said that. But yeah. she specifically doesn't say it. The and genius also, article made me fucking mad. It sounds that way. And, and fair enough. The only thing in the lyrics of the song that would indicate that it was about a relationship is the first line is like a bird lock, locked up in a cage called love. He clipped her wings when she was born to fly. But then she never... Oh, no, I guess the whole first verse. 
because it says a thing about like buying diamonds and rings and but that could be a metaphor it could be a metaphor and also she drops that whole thing pretty much immediately after and also she's talking about she's also she's using he and she she's using third person pronouns that whole time Mm -hmm. and then the second verse she starts using first person pronouns so like we don't know that that verse is even about her she might have written this for someone else like i don't know it was just so wild to me that you would twist somebody twist like a female songwriter's words to be about a relationship because like that's what women are supposed to write about or something like that's the vibe i got and it just like it also, like, I know that we kind of get down on Avril sometimes, but I feel like I, it's one of those things where the second anybody else gets down on Avril, I'm like, absolutely fucking not. And, like, I will grab my sword and, like, go fight to the death for her. Yeah. But, but when also, we say I mean, it, I'm we, like, fine. No, well, we make fun of ourselves all the time on this podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're like, she's one of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it, she feels like a friend. Else something mean, I'm like, I, I will fight them in the parking lot at noon. Yes. Um, so one of the things I find interesting about this album is that it has um, some other artists that are either featured on it or have writing credits. For example, Head Above Water in the Japanese edition has Travis Clark from We The Kings on it, yes. which is interesting. And then um, Ryan Cabrera, who I really like his songwriting, um, he co-wrote Tell Me It's Over. You may remember him from the like 20-oh-something hit On The Way Down came out in like 2007 you probably know i it. don't but the name sounds familiar and also that's a fantastic song so good for him yeah. well i think you probably know it without realizing you do like you might listen okay. to it later and be like ah oh, yes this is a classic yeah. um but also i mean we can't deny dumb blonde dumb blonde featuring Nicki minaj here's that... my thing about dumb blonde mm-hmm. no you go you go <laughs> <laughs> i just feel like what is that doing there Unless you are making a comeback and trying to reach a new audience and going, well, people have rap features on their albums these days. Let's get Nicki Minaj on the track. My thing about Dumb Blonde is I understand it was written because I I think maybe the same toxic ex, we don't know, she doesn't specify, but some sort of toxic man in her life called her a Dumb Blonde. And so out of that came this song. My only thing about it is I understand that it's meant to be, like, an anthem for people who have been referred to as dumb blonde to be, like, stop calling people that. It's meant to be on, like, the people who are being mean, but it kind of just inherently, the line, I'm not, or I ain't no dumb blonde, whatever it is, inherently feels like, well, I'm not a dumb blonde, but other people are, which is not what she's saying at all and that's just one of those like stupid internet things that like your brain fucks up where someone's like i like mcdonald's and they're like so you hate burger king and it's like okay well (laughs) i didn't say that but okay i will say while the line i ain't no dumb blonde exactly like you're saying doesn't say like the rest of you the following line i ain't no stupid barbie doll that gets a little dicey because Mm -hmm. somebody's the stupid barbie doll you know what I mean? And again, that could still mean that type of woman doesn't exist. Like, only a Barbie doll is like that. But there's no nuance to the song at all, as I wouldn't expect there to be. But if you're kind of using this song as like a pretty blunt instrument, <laughs> I don't know. It's tough to get a reasonable message from it. Anyway, basically to bring this back, I think that 
a lot of these songs feel anthemic and they feel cathartic and I don't feel like she was out here trying to make this big comeback but I also don't necessarily know that she like could have. I mean if she wrote all, most of this album while she was like on the couch because she couldn't get up because the Lyme disease she wasn't gonna be out like doing every late night show and like touring the whole world you know like she still needed to recover so I got I just don't think that this was an attempt at like this massive comeback. I think this was her attempt at being raw and real and I think she accomplished that. And now I think Love Sucks is is the actual attempt at a comeback and it's working. But I, I don't agree because also she had a world tour planned. She had the Head Above Water world tour planned. Mm -hmm. And she also like performed Skater Boy leading up to it to like drum up hype and as she should, but also I mean, she had to cancel the world part of the world tour because COVID hit. Understandable. Mm -hmm. um, but also, what would, how would this not be a comeback? I mean, the fact that she would plan to go on a world tour, where is the money coming in for that if you're not planning a comeback? You know what I mean? Like, you have to have an album that is big enough that you will sell those shows if you're planning on going international. It's one thing if you're doing like, yeah. a US tour. I guess I didn't realize that Head Above Water was so recent. I thought it was 2017 and it's 2019. So that's like my bad. It's 2019 and it was very much, so there was a five year gap, which was partially mm -hmm. because she had Lyme disease, but also partially yes. because, you know, she had a couple of albums that were not that successful. They should have mm -hmm. been, I listened to them. But then, you know, <laughs> this whole, it's five years in the making and she was gonna do a world tour. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So You're to right. me, that seems like it has to be a comeback. And especially yeah. because she's releasing these like big anthems, partially because she's writing them from a place of genuine emotion. I mean, I'm not taking away from that in the slightest when I say that it's a comeback. But also, if you're going to release huge songs, and also I think she was trying to pivot a little bit in who her core demographic was, because like you said, she's kind of going for this religious note. Yeah. Which I didn't Which expect. wasn't, I think, that she was trying to be religious. I think she was genuinely like, I had to ask God to help me survive, and so then I wrote about it. Yeah, which and I don't is disagree totally valid. But also, I mean, you have to acknowledge that you're catering to a different demographic than, for example, the What the Hell People. Those songs are coming from a really different place. And as an artist, you have to know who your audience is and who you're catering to. So I think mm -hmm. if Blink-182 were to suddenly come out, I know I keep using them as like a, a, a sort of uh, stand-in example for the, yeah. this type of music, but I think it really works, um, especially because she's working with Travis Barker so much now. But if, if mm -hmm. Blink-182 were to suddenly come out with like a, a, a bordering on religious song, that would be pretty confusing. And I think we can't discount yes. how confusing it was for Avril to do this because I remember when I first listened to this album, I made a joke on my Snapchat story that was like, are you allowed to pivot like this? Like, weren't we just singing what the hell a second ago? Remember when you made Snapchat stories? Oh, I think I think it was actually on my Instagram story, which I also yeah. don't do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but Regardless, it really was funny. Yeah. I get that. I totally understand. That's but that's all kind of evidence as to why I think it wasn't really an attempt at a comeback. Because like, if you were really just trying to make your career come back you would keep doing the things that worked instead of pivoting and also if avril had just become a jesus singer instead like fucking hillsong but avril lavigne 
yeah, she wouldn't be Avril Lavigne, but she would have, like, fucking killed it at that. Well, that's why I'm saying, so, these two are both comeback albums, and my argument is, one is a mm-hmm. successful comeback album, and one yeah. is not. And one is successful, because the people want nostalgia, and they don't want, like, brain go burr, no critical thinking skills, <laughs> give me love sucks, and, like, I agree silly with that. Silly goose I'm energy. Party. Yeah, huge silly goose energy, and, like, hey, let, give us the stuff that made you popular in the first place. Whereas Head Above Water feels like trying to make a comeback, doing something you're really interested in and having it yeah. not necessarily go the way you want it to. Because also, I mean, I talked about how the aesthetic of that one music video from the prior album that she recorded with Chad Kruger. It's a weird yeah, music yeah, yeah. video. She's like in an old mansion, blah, blah, blah. Um, that seems like almost like a country album, like one of those sort of like sort of dark country albums like I compared it to yeah. video for Dead Flowers very very similar to that and she's always had a little bit of a country streak yes but the people don't Despite want not it. knowing what country music is right because mm-hmm. she's Canadian yes but right. the people don't want it yeah you know and like she might want to do that stuff but ultimately yeah. she got famous again when she made a TikTok of you know Tony Hawk skateboarding around and like wore a plaid skirt again. I also just, like, then feel bad that, like, we won't let her do what she wants to do, <laughs> you know? Like, why can't we let Avril be happy? But I don't know that she doesn't want to do it. Like, just because you have an interest and it's not necessarily panning out for you doesn't mean that you don't want to do it. Like, I think I would have a lot of fun if I directed a movie, right? But I'm also very happy in my current job. And it makes way more sense. This is what's gonna happen when I try to do stand-up comedy. It's gonna (laughs) fucking backfire, and everyone's (laughs) gonna hate it. And it's gonna be me as Avril Lavigne doing country music. Well, it's not that everybody hates Head Above Water. I mean, it got some critical reviews, but ultimately mixed reviews, and people like the song itself. And it was generally Mm -hmm. like not a terribly selling album. They fucking better like the song itself. It's like her greatest song. But I mean, beyond that. So that has a core demographic, mm-hmm. right? First of all, there's the ride or die Avril fans like us that will listen to anything yes. she puts out. And like some of the songs on that album, I don't love, but that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so you have those core fans. And then you also have people that I'm sure she brought in. So for example, um, someone I went to school with responded to my Snapchat story where I jokingly critiqued <gasps> it and said, oh, I love this song. I didn't like her old stuff, something like that. And she was much more of a like, liked Christian music, liked country music mm-hmm. type. So you're bringing in that audience. Yeah, but that's a pretty small audience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a decent size audience, actually. But I think that in order to really get to that audience, you would need to commit to it and really make yeah. You would need to not have Dumb Blonde on the album, I think. Maybe you could you could bring in some girl bosses. But yeah. other than that. Ugh. I'm a boss, I'm a babe. Yeah. I felt that. You, you could bring in, like, the, the MLM girlies in, like, the... Yeah, the like, she, what are you talking about? Don't is even, perfect for that audience. I'm not trying to at all be derogatory toward any, towards any of them, by the way, but I know that a lot of Mormon women are in MLMs and probably like this. They song. are. They are. I mean, that was the whole thing with LuLaRoe. Like, yeah. a lot of... They felt like you were... You kind of had to be religious to be mm-hmm. part of that mm-hmm. it was like something the founders were really big on and therefore wanted all of their quote-unquote employees I don't know what you would call yeah. them to also be religious I haven't watched the documentary yet so I don't know but it's I pretty interesting you bring in like that sort but then you can't fully bring them in 
because yeah. she's not entirely committing to that genre. And like, ultimately, you're still losing the huge amount of people who are there for Skater Boy. Yeah, and also all the Jewish people. We're not that large, but <laughs> we're there. Absolutely. <laughs> so I think it's like, you can't really have a successful comeback to the level that Avril was initially, like the number she was originally hitting. You can't hit those mm-hmm. numbers again unless you return to the original stuff or unless you go full send into a new genre and capture yeah. a new audience. And thank God she didn't do that. Because then we got Love Sucks, which <laughs> and was... it's so good. Which great. I think we need to do. Here, let me let me put something out there. I think we need to do <laughs> a, a Love Sucks review part two because the first time it was very first impressions and i don't agree with some of the stuff that we said on that anymore particularly the fact that we didn't like boys lie very much and i now love that song i'm more critical of it because i figured out what specifically my problem with it is but i also like it a lot better and you can hear more about that on next week's episode boys lie the re-listen where we are going to re-listen to boys lie Maybe we'll talk about some other songs at some point, too. Who knows? I don't. Um, I plan all these episodes, but right now a lot of the episode ideas are just, like, Avril and blank, and they're not really ideas yet, so we'll <laughs> see what happens. Ideas Y'all will be along for the ride. Um, basically, I guess what you're saying about the comeback is that Love Sucks works because it fits what people expected of her. We've kind of talked about this in the past where, like, how Machine Gun Kelly's most popular album is his pop punk album Mm -hmm. versus his rap stuff not doing quite as well but he's also like this skinny white dude so like we expect him to do pop punk i also learned and i don't know if this is what he what stopped him from making rap but apparently eminem released a really devastating diss track about him (laughs) and he never rapped again i don't know if that timeline is true but he had said something pretty creepy about eminem's daughter He did. Well, that's actually, I saw this interview with him that the interview was done and maybe came out a little before the recent, his new album, Mainstream Sellout, came out. But in that, it's really interesting because he says, like, I don't stand by most of the things I've said in my life. Like, you think I'm going to sit here and stand by every dumb thing I've said? Like, no, definitely not. I definitely regret saying a lot of things that I've said. And I thought that was so interesting because I, on one hand, I'm like, great does that like absolve you of all the shitty things that you did say where you said that like teenage girls eminem's daughter were hot or you said that like black women were good at blowjobs like things that weren't okay to say or and and so part of me wants to be like oh he's absolved because i want to like him but then part of me is like are you just saying this now to try to absolve yourself right Right, that's a great question. And I don't and know. If we had a Machine Gun Kelly podcast, then maybe we would answer that. But we don't. <laughs> this is an Apple podcast, and she's never done anything wrong. She's an angel. Don't think about that too hard or look into anything she's. Done. <laughs> yeah, don't don't quote us on that. Yeah. that's the thing that'll get us canceled. I actually think she's she's relatively unproblematic because she keeps her mouth shut. I'm not saying yeah. she's completely unproblematic, but she's not doing a whole lot. She's not saying a whole lot. And again, you've said this a lot that the I don't know if you said this on the podcast but you've said it to me millions of times <laughs> that when there is controversy she just goes no thank you and walks away and everyone forgets about it <laughs> yeah and more power to her it's the uh what's her name Tyra approach. Banks it's the Tyra Banks approach I've definitely said that on the podcast before Tyra Banks says mm, no thanks <laughs> and you kind of have to respect it in a crazy twisted way 
Did you see that new article that came out where there was a girl on who's on America's Next Top Model and she was supposed to have won the season. She was like told that she won and then they took it back and they refilmed the ending so that she didn't win because she had so it was because she had worked as like a sex worker. But, oh like, when you actually look at what had happened to her, she was trafficked. Oh, my Not God. Not that she says that that's what happened. She maintains right. that she wasn't trafficked. But you look at, like, what's the definition of human trafficking and what yeah, happened yeah, yeah. to this girl, and they line up. It's it's really interesting. It's a Bustle article. And she says that, and she, I think she had maybe another friend from the show who was, like, trying to help her get out of this. And the friend called America's Next Top Model because the, the season she was supposed to have won was like a second or third season that she had done. So she had already been on the show and the friend like calls the the production company, calls the producers and, and is like, we need to help this girl. You guys need to do something. So everybody knew and didn't do anything to Yikes. help her. So this is like another thing of like, did Tyra know? Did Tyra not do anything? Oops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty, it's a pretty interesting like. I'll give it a read. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, um... We have less than five minutes. Um, I could talk about my personal life, but there's nothing really to say besides that. <laughs> to call it back, I'm unlovable. Ah, uh, um, uh, May and I hung out in person for the first time in over two years. Was uh, that was fun. Except that we I did. had, we had a, a really total. Good time. Of, we did. I had a total of one beer, one light beer. It was a Stella. It wasn't even like a fucking IPA. I had one beer. I felt 0% drunk. And then I slept terribly like you do when you drink too much. And I felt so nauseous the next day. And I forgot that 11 o'clock existed. I thought that time went from 10 to 12 o'clock. And so I was an hour early to an appointment. So I don't think my body likes alcohol. (laughs) Apparently not because I had a Jameson and I was fine. Nothing happened. I slept like a baby. Yep. That's so funny. Yep. Okay, well, that's so, wild. Glad I'm just yep. learning this now. That's really funny. <laughs> this is a funny time to learn that. All right, well, I have dinner reservations in an hour, and I look like garbage, so we're going to wrap this thing up. Luckily, this is a podcast, and no one has to know, unless I, I know, post but... the video. <laughs> dun, dun, dun! I don't care if people see me looking like garbage not at the dinner reservations that I have. I'm more concerned <laughs> about the dinner reservations. <laughs> You don't care that, like, potentially thousands of people that don't currently listen to us but might could see a video of you looking like shit? <laughs> I can't believe tens of people might see me. <laughs> yeah. We could get it up to a thousand. No, I go out in public looking terrible all the time. That's fine. Anyway, that being said, please subscribe, rate us uh, in the Apple podcast thingy and i think you can also now rate on spotify and could somebody please respond to one of my spotify polls like yeah, i need to feel you guys. like somebody listens to this <laughs> um if you have any thoughts and about this podcast and you want to tell us or you just want to say hi you can leave us a voice memo the link is in the bio um mm, i'm sober coaches i don't know this and has I'm been another May. episode of yeah. what can i say a skater boy fan cast <laughs> can i make it any more obvious <laughs>